1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
2: There's more to working from home than emails. So you need Wi-Fi with reliable speed, the most in-home coverage, and built-in security. You need Xfinity XFi. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1 800 Xfinity, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Soko finally waited.
1: Erickson low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Mora. And belted into the
2: Leapurian goal. On debut, on Ondombele has scored the equalizer for Spurs. Let's take out of the way. Lucas Mora. Clips A great oh, goal! Three, two, three, two. Steven Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Aurier! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! The first hand Good area for Spurs and Cates, not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional.
1: Lamella, will try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to
2: take on a shot and with good reason. Terror in the Burnley back line as Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yunmin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. And we are back again with another episode of Touchline Hotspur. I'm your host today, Sai, and today I've got some all stars with me, lots of fades and <laughs> good hats and do rags and all of that stuff. So uh, today we got Tops with us. How you doing, bro?
3: Yeah, I'm good, time, man. What's going
2: on? Not too bad, brother. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. We've got Tobes. Yo, yo, bro. Glad to be Loving here. Loving the hat, man. <laughs> I know Wearing a Brooklyn Nets hat Yeah <laughs> Repping my team <laughs> Aroma top though It's a bit,
0: bit Yeah boring. I know I know it's a, it's, a, it's a mad It's a mad combination of Brands on show today <laughs> But Listen I, I had no clean track suit, So I thought Yeah I had to turn this <laughs> So
2: Fair play and Last but not least With the sharp fade we got Ohio Come on man Lockdown trim baby Come on <laughs> <laughs> Back in the game So we've got quite a packed week this week. Um, We had two games, uh, one Premier League, one Europa League, as per is the uh, standard for us nowadays. Uh, So we'll start off with with, uh, Brighton. Uh, We basically faced them in our first game, aired on Sky Sports box office, which is safe to say that probably none of us paid for it. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyone want to take us through lineup?
1: Uh all I'm gonna say is in three years time our lineup needs to include Tariq Lamptey. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I line up, that kid is he's a he's a bad man, a very bad man. Mm. Very,
2: he's a very slight bad. fellow, but he's he's got yeah, quite he's a fair bit of bite to him, isn't he?
3: He's the real deal, fair. man. Um our team was um Lloris, Doherty right back, Regulon left back, uh Aldavirel, Dyer. Sissoko and Hoiberg been filled with Ndombele and then Lamella, Son and Kane up front. Yeah, so that was the starting eleven against um, Brighton. I mean, it was a game that was, I don't know, it's kind of been a game that like, I feel like we've seen this kind of a number of times, in especially under Jose, whereby we start off sort of bright lots of energy, lots of possession, you know, lots of chances. And maybe we might put one or two away and then we maybe take a foot off the gas. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves maybe not having as much of the possession. Actually, the team who's away taking a lot more onus in the game, making a couple of subs, but then us, you know, somewhat sneaking or getting ourselves um, the W by by Crook or, you know. And in the end, obviously the big man got the goal that we needed uh, to, to get us the win. Um, it, was a, it was a frustrating game at times. Um, I felt like the subs as well that he made were a bit, well, obviously bar Bale coming on and getting us the winner. I felt the subs were a bit interesting. But overall, I mean, I can't really complain, especially if with this period of games coming up. A game like Brighton at home, a win's a win at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that every game and try not to get too ahead of myself. But these are kind of kind of games that we just need to get through and then think about the next one. And it's important because we got our first win in the league at home as well. So,
2: indeed, indeed, the first goal uh, sparked quite a fair bit of controversy. Um, Thirteen minute penalty by Harry Kane. Um, what did you guys think of the decision? to award the penalty and the subsequent abuse that Harry Kane endured? It's, I think I'll,
0: I'll start with the abu- I'll start with the decision first. So the decision, I mean, um, from the referee's point of view, you can't really blame the ref for giving that as a penalty because obviously contact has been made, it's inside the box and it looks like a foul, but really and truly, Harry Kane knows what he's doing there. Like. He's looked at Lallana twice. He's seen Lallana in midair. Like he has purpose. Lallana's going for the ball, yeah? Kane is pretending as if he's trying to look for the ball, but he's barged into Lalana and he's forced the referee's hand and a foul's been awarded. So for me, bro, if that wasn't given as a penalty, I wouldn't have complained because we knew what Harry Kane was doing. Now onto the backlash that he was getting... It's like, there's two, I feel like it's like a, a coin. There's two sides to it because I do feel like it's excessive. Because what? why is it only Harry Kane that gets interrogated when he does something that's considered um, not sportsman-like or whatnot? Why, why is it only him that gets interrogated? I remember against Arsenal, when he supposedly died for um, against Socrates, he got interviewed about it and they, they replayed it to him after, after the, um, the game and made him comment on it, like there, there and then. I'm thinking, why, why is it only Harry Kane that this happens to? But then on the flip side, as I said, you also have the likes of Danny Murphy and whatnot. When Kane does Connie's way into a penalty or does go to ground or all dives, it's being branded as clever, savvy. When other people do it, it's, oh, they're diving. There's no place for it in football. There's this, that, and the other. So I do think people were going over the top and making everything about that Harry Kane sort of conning of the penalty but same time I also think from our perspective as fans we need to acknowledge that Harry Kane he knows what he's doing he's clever with it like he knows what he's doing he's, he's cheating to try and get a penalty and it's work so as long as we can call a spade a spade then I'm i am at peace with it.
1: As Yeah just to try to back uh, backpack off that like for me like I my thing with quote-unquote diving in this country. Anything that you can do, anything that you get away with to your advantage, for me, is just gamesmanship. Obviously, I hate when it happens against us, but I, I don't really throw my toys at the prime unless it's a terrible referee incision, a.k.a. when Huibier was fouled in front of the whole flipping world and Lampdy scored, but we can go on to that at another point because English ref- the refereeing standing in this country... You know the vibes, you know what I'm saying? But you know, the thing with, with Kane's like quote unquote diving and stuff, I think my thing with it in this country, obviously you said with um Danny Murphy when he's previously called it, you know, savvy, and that's that's clearly, you know, a bit of English bias there, fair enough. But generally speaking, I think, you know, the way what, what did what say about um about Lamella when he when he held the fake slap from from Martial, when he said it's it's the Latin way and all that stuff. Do you know what it is? I genuinely just think that. As a as a culture, obviously, they brand the, the English game tends to brand itself upon run till it hurts, let them know you're there. All these key terms and buzzwords that are just disguised as hurting people. That's the first thing. There's and I don't want to sound yeah. peak because obviously I love watching the English game. Like you know, I don't overly love watching England, but I support England. I watch the prem as much as I can, but there's a lack of finesse in the game. Do you know what I'm saying? And like diving, there is finesse to diving. You can either be good at it. Or you're not good at it. If you want to go way old school, we had we had the likes, you know, that like obviously Perez got caught that time and against what, what was, it, was it? Was it was it Portsmouth back in the day when Perez was flying when no one touched him, yeah. But I just think English generally speaking, they're just not good at diving. And I think that's what it gets to them because it's not part of their culture. It's not something that like, yeah, like that's what we're good at. So when someone else who's foreign starts to oh get that out of our game but then one guy starts to do it and it's like you you're they neither here nor there with it. But my thing with the Kane thing, even even with just the that if you want to call it the dive and if you want to call it the cheating for the Lalana thing like I don't understand why they're choosing to go at the national captain. Do you know what I'm saying? Like because I remember Steven Gerrard diving in Istanbul for a penalty and no one breathed a word about it since. Do you know what I mean? And they made this whole thing about protecting your young England players and protecting your England players in general and looking after them and stuff like that but it's like like you said Tobes why are they showing replays of of these incidences because Bruno that does happen to Bruno Fernandes that doesn't happen to anyone else so why are you doing it to your national captain that that just doesn't make any sense to me Do you know if anything you'd want to protect your national captain and brush past it to be honest but that's that's by the by
0: that's what that's and I know Siwon's silence but then then i think that's a wider issue because there's a wider issue in this country where people genuinely hate like they want a reason to hate on harry kane and i've i've found it i found it so odd because someone of his consisti- consistency of his quality you find that sometimes it's even english fans their best player and you are <laughs> like you want him to fail it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't
3: make sense it's because me. he plays for tottenham that's why yeah, man, that's it's it. I, th- the I
2: actually think that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> on, in fairness, I'll play devil's advocate just a little bit. First, first and foremost, in terms of gamesmanship, I'm I'm all for it. Is it's part of the game. Um, you try to manipulate your opponent. It's it's that simple. What he's done is not cheating. It's savvy. It is clever. And the same goes for a Salah or any other player who who puts their body in a position to draw contact. If you're embellishing contact that hasn't occurred, different story. That's straight up cheating. That's doing something else. Mm-hmm. But in terms of putting your body in a position to maybe protect the ball or to hinder your opponent from making an advancement towards the ball, it is what it is. In terms of uh, Harry Kane getting unjust criticism, I think it's about time to be perfectly honest i mean it wasn't but a couple of weeks ago a report came out about his camp basically saying that he didn't want to speak on the black lives matter mm. um, which again he's entitled to do so but i do think there is a there's a double-sided coin to this i think a lot of the time we project what our expectations are onto athletes so if they don't want to speak we should basically just call it what it is Cool. he's not for the causes we're for fine um but on the flip side this country does have a very a very uh rife tendency to self-sabotage as athletes whether it's the likes of uh maybe lewis hamilton or anthony joshua like all of these guys who are the faces of their respective sports as soon as they steer just left of what the sort of British way or the the romanticised viewpoint of what athletes should be. The community just latches onto it. We've seen it in football with uh, Raheem Sterling. We can compare till we're blue in the face on how his treatment differs from other players. And a lot of the time I'd use Harry Kane as the example of how the treatment differs. Harry Kane is very much that media darling. People always mention his his wife and his children and all of this shit and it's like i think it's in bad taste so when he gets abused, i'm sort of like it's what comes with being the best player in the country so i invite it more so than anything else hopefully that was uh not too rambly but
1: um, i like that when you, when you flip the script, in my head, I call it the sideway. I like it. <laughs>
0: it's, it's, no, no, no. That's, that's, that's fair enough. You know what? That's fair enough. Just my last point on this, though. My last point on this, though. Um, Harry Kane, yeah, you can argue that, okay, cool, he's blocking the ball there with, um, or he's trying, he's, pretending he's trying to block the ball there, or Lallana, even though Lallana's already up in mid-air trying to contest for the ball. <laughs> but in that same game, I see Sonny dive and I see Harry Kane dive as well, like blatant dives. And it's not the first time I've seen Sun dive and Harry Kane dive. It's not the second time I've seen Sun dive and Harry Kane dive. So I think right now, we just need to be honest with ourselves and acknowledge that these men are divers. Like,
1: that's divers. Listen, if it divers, li- listen.
0: Yeah, no. but
3: it, if 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 Harry Kane had Salah divers, tell me what what is Salah then? What's Jamie Vardy then?
0: That's what I'm saying. Di- that's what I'm saying. They're, they're divers. All I'm saying is we, we just have to keep the same energy. For me, most Salah's a diver. I was saying it a couple of days back, and I was getting hounded by Liverpool fans. <laughs> a that okay. I'm not,
2: he's, a player, he's a diver. He's a shit
0: play. He's a diver. So
2: okay, if it wins us a, a title, I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we wear, got friends, so I'm wear. not complaining.
2: So listen, listen if if
1: Tom if Tom Daly can bust 30 goals in a season, <laughs> I find uh, it, bro. <laughs> sign him. <laughs> what do you mean? Sign him.
0: On <laughs> uh, <I, I, laughs> the performance as well, though. Um I just felt uh, what did you not think was behind the sort of lethargy? in that that sort of showing from us because we played, like like Top said, we played well for probably like 12 minutes and then maybe for, sorry, 17 minutes, I'll say 17, let me be kind. And then from then on, Brighton just dominated the ball. Like, don't get me wrong, the centre-backs did well in terms of coping with um, any sort of threat that was coming into them. But really and truly, it's two of them against Trossard, who's not even a striker anyway. He's a false nine. So... In terms of their defensive duties, I don't think they had much to worry about in that respect. But I just felt that, like, on that Sunday, more long balls. So many people laboured on the ball. Really and truly, Hoybier and a few other... Hoybier and maybe, like, one or two other players were, like, the only ones who actually played consistently well over the 90 minutes. And seeing us go life and death like that, it just really gets... Me shaking up when I see when I look at this team and I'm like, people are like, okay, yeah, we can win the title. I'm like, I, st- <laughs> I can't
2: see it, can't. Yeah. and I'm not trying to fixate on that match. I just- you don't want to, you don't want to see it because you're gonna have to <laughs> eat some humble pie, bro. I'm serving it up with,
0: <laughs> I want to serve it up
2: warm with it. some cold custard, bro, so you can get all the feels. I want to see, it. I, <laughs> I want the bro, bro.
0: I'll happily eat it, and I do like the way Brighton play, but I just don't like us. I don't like us being in that situation where. Like the game, the game genuinely looked like it was out of our hands against a side that really and truly we should be able to hold our own against. Of course we won, but I'm just looking at the performance, isn't it? I,
2: so I know, know you touched uh, on, I know you touched on uh, guys who you felt did contribute in, in Hojbjerg being pretty much the only one you can remember by name, uh, which is fair, Um I don't know I, I I guess I'm personally sort of verging on on putting a bit of a spotlight on uh, Matt Doherty uh, how yeah. do you guys yeah. think that, that he is um acclimatized to life at in the big leagues after his little after his stint at wolves where everyone expected him to uh take Ori out of the team how how do you think that's shaping up not I well.
1: Think, yeah, it's it's not <laughs> not, well. it's not going as well as I hoped. Weird. Mm. It's a strange one. I think when he signed, a couple people alluded to you know how much defensive responsibility is he going to have because obviously he's used to playing in a three and you know coming onto the ball a lot more and you know having someone behind him a lot more in this in a similar way to you know when when Trippier was getting a lot of accolades at the last World Cup, I was saying. Look, I'm not saying this as I'm not saying this to have a go at him or to put to put a smile on his record, but he's doing a lot less legwork because he's got flipping roadrunner behind him, mm-hmm. like covering all the all the ground. Do you know what I mean? So yes, like the system like was working to a degree, but let's see what is like. And I think I think say maybe maybe a few fair few of us got caught up in it just because we were literally signing left, right, center. Um has got to work on his one-on-one quite a lot. Um did he did he start against did he start against Luda He did. No,
0: he didn't play that well. He too? didn't, he didn't. He did or he didn't? He did, he did, he did but he, he did, didn't really
1: yeah. play that well. He, yeah, no, he just wasn't. There's been a few, like. there's been a few times he's just been ghosted past too easily. Yeah. Like he's not, he's not getting twists up by a proper tricky guy. It just seems to be. Sai. I'm sure you. I'm sure as a reference, when when LeBron has that just that one bounce and then step and then shoot, and no one seems to know what to do. Yeah. About it. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like he just seems to get ghosted. I don't know why. Um, I do think on the flip side, I do think he a he will improve in that regard, and b his presence not only has it given Aurier a flame up his ass. I think you know, Aurier's individual mistakes seem to have gone down. They seem to be like a weekly slash, if not fortnightly occurrence, we would have the mistake and then we'd be on edge for for, for 90 minutes if the mistake was going to happen. Um I just, I think a, a big positive of, of Doherty coming is been Aurier's consistency. I think Doherty just needs to just sort of start catching his form um in Europa at the very least. And I think I think it will come. I think it will be positive um I think having the British boys around will probably help him. He's from training picks and videos. he looks to get on well with the likes of uh Rodon and and Bale and and Davies and stuff, so you know hopefully it will kick in um but yeah we 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 do need we do need more from him, but you know more power to surge at the moment yeah I think that,
2: that point you made about um sorry sorry to interrupt uh, the point you made about um him having guys around him. That may help him acclimatise. I think that for me is a big, a big factor as to why Serge looks a lot better than he maybe has done prior to Endon Bele's form taking an upturn. Um, obviously, all over the pitch, and this is this is one of my complaints with some of our rotations uh, in the Europa League is when you make too many changes, you actually do shift uh, some of those like chemistry pockets around the pitch, mm-hmm. and I think uh, Doherty is obviously still trying to build into that whereas surge is very much settled into that sort of four man right hand side uh, with Sizoko and Dombele and uh, Lucas so i do think that's been to one of their benefits and the other's detriment yeah. Um, but yeah tops you you had to Yeah
3: no, no no i totally agree with I totally agree with uh, what hiro was saying in the sense that clearly there's a player there like I'm watching him, and I'm just i don't know sometimes I feel maybe it might be confidence as well um because he's he's obviously coming in and out of the team, whereas when he was at at wolves it was pretty much every week he was playing and i and I do remember thinking as well that like I hope he settles into the the team because for a long time and you know I tried to look at some of the way wolves had played previously, and you know for a long time they've really favoured a back five with him playing in that role. So I remember thinking one of the things that I was worried about was that would he be able to acclimatise into a back four because the role is definitely more two-way as a right back as opposed to a right wing back. But, I mean, the good thing that I that I have or I'm that I'm feeling is that in the attacking areas, whilst he hasn't got a goal or an assist, he is getting in good positions and actually he is very... You can see that he's very um, keen to get forward. So whilst that side probably will come with the chemistry, I just want to see more defensive refining of the way he's playing at the moment. Because I feel like when he's a right-back defensively, like, like we've said, I mean, it's a bit of a worry. And Serge does look better at the moment, um, which is probably down to chemistry, probably down to confidence and actually having competition um, in the team as well. But I mean, I think he will get better. I feel at the moment I'm just we just we just want him to improve the defensive side of his game. Like uh, yeah. I wouldn't say he's washed or dusted. No, I, I believe that like there's definitely still a player there. We just need to probably give him more time to get used to the team, how how we play, and obviously the, massively the defensive side because it's amazing if you play in a in a defense that's got Cody, Bolly, Vinagre, uh, Roman Sais, and every week you know that them men are going to be covering your ass. No matter what you do on that right wing, so actually you're free to basically do whatever you want. But then obviously in a team where I think our biggest problem as a as a football club is our defence. I feel like everywhere else we are good, and if there's one area that's going to define whether we can push on to the next level, it is our defence. And whilst he's a new player coming in and trying to improve that, we need him to be defensively like astute.
0: You know? Yeah, I think I think with him, um, I do. Think- not just his defensive side. I think even his offensive side needs a bit of work right now as well. Because, like you said, no one is giving up on him. We know that this guy, for me, I've waxed lyrical about him. And even in his poor form, I will continue to wax lyrical about him because everything I've seen in the last two years tells me this guy's a good player. Seven games ain't gonna change my opinion on that, but I do need him to be better than what he's shown in the first a few months of his first career when he's getting into good positions i feel like sometimes the delivery bar maybe two or three occasions isn't really as good as what he's capable of i think his finishing um to his credit to be honest he's had like two good chances and they have been two good saves from the keeper so i'm not really going to sign on that but then on top of that his defending as well like you said tops Defence is like the weakest part of our team. And we've brought you to defend as well as attack. So he needs to curb his natural instincts and just be a bit more resilient defensively as well. I see him sometimes carelessly giving the ball away. Like you said, getting ghosted past players. And I think fatigue-wise as well, sometimes I see him struggling at like 65, 70 minutes. So I, I just think he needs to get acclimatised to this team. And like Sai said, that great point about Aurier already having his chemistry in this team. I think more than him having gelling into the team, I think he needs someone with a great football and IQ to be playing on that right-hand side as well because a big facet of his game is combination play. He said it himself. When he goes forward, he is much better when he's combining with someone one-two-one-twos. You saw it against Uda Gretz on, on Thursday. And I think... If once we get Gareth Bale playing into his team, he's got the he's got the cuteness and the intelligence to work well with Doherty, and I think we're going to see a better Doherty as a result. And I also think that we need to be attacking more on his side. We don't attack. We don't really attack much on his side. I don't know why that is, but <laughs> last year we were attacking all the time on the right hand side. This season we've bought an attacking right back, but we're not really like
2: exploiting his his strengths. So I think. I mean- one- Go on. On, on that point, on that point, though, uh, we we have an extraordinary outlet on the left-hand side in Regulon, yeah. um, who provided a goal straight from Madrid with love to Gareth Bale <laughs> <laughs>
0: for the winner. I just want to, I just want the the love to be balanced, really. Like Liverpool, they find a way where Trent and Rubber can both affect the final third. And I think we need to find a way where Regulon and Doherty can affect the final third because whether we like it or not, they're our strongest fullbacks. I know Aurier is playing well, but I know head to head at their strongest, I'm picking Doherty over Sir Jory. I don't know about you, look, but I'm picking Doherty. So no man, no, uh, <laughs> no fuck all of
2: that.
0: We need to find a way to not make yet. it. Not, not, anyway. He, not yet, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Either way, we need to find a way to make it work, and he needs to start playing well because yes, it's not—it's just not on.
2: Yeah. So, um, in terms of in terms, we'll quickly uh, wax lyrical about Gareth Bale. Um, everyone on the timeline was extraordinarily excited, um, me included. It's a peach of a ball and a peach of a header. Um, is that is that going to be the thing that catapults him back to? The Gareth of old, or a semblance of it, or do you think there's still a lot more work to be done?
1: Um, I think Jose, t- Jose touched on it a bit. He said, you know, the Gareth Bell that left is not going to be the same same Gareth Bell, which you know, just mechanically and in terms of you yeah. know just general human anatomy, that's that's just the fact. And you know, you have got a once your hamstring goes once or twice, or your calf goes once or twice, you just you have to switch up a little bit. Um, I think. Uh, Toby, you said it quite a while before it was like even certain that we were going to sign him. You said, regardless of what form he's in, we would be signing someone who does have game-winning instinct. Do you know what I mean? And some people might just say, yeah, it was just a header at Brighton, but we weren't playing well, and he—I don't know how Gareth Bale goes unmarked in the six-yard box, but if if that's his new if that's his new skill to to, to be ghosting into the six-yard box like that, I'm all here for it. You know what I'm saying? Like he said when he signed, you know he's he's been in high pressure situations. He's won he's won the lot. You know what I'm saying? Like Champions League killer. You know I think just it's what it's one of those things you you obviously can't teach um, becoming a game killer like that. You know, but I think now it's become the instinct for him. It's it's going to start rubbing off on other players. And you know, there's been one or two moments we've seen recently where. You know he's i've seen him get on the board i'm like right wow, am, am i gonna see taxi for my con again and he's not quite got it yet which is fine like i don't expect him to have the same speed of flipping seven years ago but you know again I feel like I'm brown nose and toes. Totally I'm just going off some of the stuff you're saying. But like you said, he's got the, the cuteness and the, and the tactical guile to sort of just use his intelligence a bit more. He, he hasn't got to burn a man every 10 minutes. Like his body's not designed for that anymore, which is completely fine because he's now got this experience to have played with world-class players and world-class facilities and and, and bring that to the lane. So, you know, if, he's, if his role for the time being is going to be coming off the bench, sparking, Making the opposition fullback and left-sided centre back shit themselves and grabbing late winners, then I'm all for it. To be fair, whether it's from 35 yards out or from six yards out, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can de- I can definitely, I can definitely empathise
3: with the fact that like, I think people are also forgetting that like a number of different things with him. Like, I think mentally he's in a he's in a way happier place. Like you can clearly tell from being in and around. People who clearly like, I wouldn't say adore him, but are very fond of him and they're happy to have him back. He has a fan base, which are very, very happy to have him back. He has a manager, which obviously supports him. And I think we need to, we like, we forget that like he hasn't been playing football properly for a good year, a good season and a half, whereby he's been playing regular, high, high level football. And I feel like, like Jose said, we have the stats and we know he's arriving. And I think like, that's very important for us to kind of take into account because whilst you have someone like him building his fitness back, it's even better to have someone like that at 60% winning matches for you, you know, because these are the sort of things that make the difference between you going into a game like Brighton and drawing because you didn't take any chances, but actually not playing well and you have a person that has the ability to win the game for you. So I feel like his happiness is a big thing. His fitness will come and we always know that the quality will be there. I'm just happy that it's happening slowly and we're not rushing him because the last thing we want to do is push it too much and then maybe he picks up an injury or something or something happens, you know. And against I suppose teams like Brighton and Ludogrets, you can build this fitness and touch wood hopefully this weekend against, you know, what is quite a poor West Brom side, I would love to see him get the opportunity to start with Kane and Son and see if they can really have a go at them and come Sunday.
2: Yeah, that takes us uh, nicely into uh, the game against Ludegretz. Uh, it finished 3-1. Um, quite quite a drab game. We lined up with a 4-2-3-1. Not too many surprises. Uh, one addition in the back four switched up the midfield a bit with Harry Winks um, and the Celso, Lucas, Bale coming in. Um, how do you guys rate the per- performance as a whole? Uh, standout players? It was, it was very yeah.
0: good. So a really good performance. Standout players, for me... Um, Last half so weeks. Harry Winks for the whole 90 minutes, I think he was, he was really good. I think he was probably the best midfielder on the night... Um, LaCelso looked good. Um obviously he scored. Hoybier came on and he looked like Hoybier. it's it's crazy the level that this guy is playing at, no matter who we're playing. Um Harry Kane, imperious as ever, like ugh, he's on a he's on another level this this season. Like it's it's crazy. Like whenever he plays now, like he it's crazy, he plays with such confidence Like You know he's going to net <laughs> Literally within like a minute of the match starting Harry Winks is putting through on goal And we're like, okay cool, you've missed this one Yeah, you're going to do something today You're, <laughs> you're definitely going to do something today But um, it was a good performance It was a good performance And I know we're going to say it's ludicrous It is ludicrous And we should be playing like that against ludicrous But as we saw against Antwerp The mindset wasn't there from, from the jump I think if the mindset was there from the jump, then you would have seen a much different performance because that team we put out against Antwerp, no one can tell me that team ain't good enough to beat Royal Antwerp. I know players underperform, but that team is good enough to beat Royal Antwerp. But that aside, it was a fantastic performance. I didn't think they deserved their goal, but they can have that goal. Um, And yeah, good away win and hopefully get another three points at home. And that should be us on the brink of uh, knockout qualification.
1: I think Bergwijn looked a bit better than his recent uh, cameos and starts. You know, it's naturally, it's hard to get a run of games going. Um, I, fr- I hope it, w- it was his ankle that went, didn't it, before lockdown? I think mean, it was his ankle. You know, I'm hoping, hoping he's starting to get over those troubles. I remember when he played in the United game, even though he scored, apparently he was playing through a lot of pain in that. So hopefully it's not an injections job for him at the moment um but yeah no he looked he I think he should have scored when he come on Bergwijn that would have done wonders for his confidence we want we want happy squad players you know people that want people that come here to start obviously aren't gonna be happy benching but it would have been nice if Bergwan bagged one of his one of his two chances um I think Vin- Vinicius it will come I think you, it's, it's gonna come you know what I'm saying? It's not. There was a couple. Oh, he's got. <laughs> 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 these... There was a couple oh, of action shouts from
0: from from certain man,
1: <laughs> but now. No, but let's no. not
0: name it on this pod. Let's not. <laughs> Keep that thing in the chat. No, it, was,
3: it was wild, man. Like, like, I think he. I think he's a good player. Like, and I. And I said it yesterday. I. I just felt a little bit like we were overplaying. To try get him involved, and actually, there were times when players probably could have taken a shot early or passed early, but they decided to hold off or try to feed him in. Because obviously, they maybe realised they want to get him in more involved, and obviously, you know, for a striker, goals means really confidence. Because you know, there were there were times when you're looking and then you're like, it's a bit bumbling. You're asking him to hold it, you're asking him to play it, and he's making you know a couple decisions. But again, this is all very early days in his career i mean i think that was like maybe his third or fourth third third or fourth appearance so uh, yeah. i feel i feel like it's very early but i think touchwood man like he is hopefully becoming more part of the squads and is going to get more game time and these things will come like this is a guy fine yeah it was portuguese league but he scored a a, a fair amount of goals and any amount of goals at any level is goals you know you ain't going to turn your nose up at someone who scored 15 20-25 goals That's in any exactly
2: league. what got, got Janssen to the club, mate <laughs> 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 The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here I'm Meredith
0: Vieira here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com
2: Meet Larry He likes doing things online so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for and done Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called myhealthpolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael.
1: I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done.
0: The thing with the thing, the thing with Vinicius is he's gonna score soon. I think, I think the thing that I, if you ask me, I don't really care about the goals yet. I don't care about the goals yet because I know we're going to be able to create enough chances against some bums for him to score. What I care, What I care about is what that striker is doing when he doesn't have the ball and what that striker is doing when another player has the ball. That's what we didn't have before in these lampposts that used to literally stay up top and do jack, do jack. But with him, I like I like how mobile he is and I like more importantly how aggressive he is. Like he's actually like a dog with a bone sometimes and he's so strong. Um, so for me, I'm I'm really not worried about him. I think that goal is gonna come. And, um, yeah, I just don't want any comparisons to certain M- man. Man, man. man who can't be named. I
2: don't want any comparisons. I name him, name him, name him. <laughs> 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 it's deep, it's deep. For, for, for those of you that don't know, in the group chat, sometimes I do throw out the com- controversial shouts uh, just to play uh, antagonist. Um <laughs> So we're trying to figure out if uh, Vincent Jantin and Vinicius Junior were anagrams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, we 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 move on from there. Obviously, uh, for those of you uh, who aren't watching on YouTube, um, Tobes does have a picture of Harry Kane and his massive teeth uh, with a two hundred. Um, so Harry Kane now has two hundred goals in three hundred games. Um, and on the notes, it says 100 home and 100 away. So he gives you lot the smoke no matter where he is. Um, so, yeah, it's it's quite an extraordinary statistic. And his performances this, this year have been, as uh, Tobe said, nothing short of imperious. Um, I like to say that it's messy things. Um, <laughs> do we feel like he's on, on course to break in some of those uh, sort of Mythical records In the Premier League Or do we feel like Those are Slightly out of reach It
1: depends been, on where,
0: where he goes
2: Go A on. lot
1: of it is Yeah A lot of it is If he's The thing is if, he's, if he stays In the Prem Regardless I think yeah Um If he stays with us Definitely And stays fit Obviously Touchwood, We want to stay fit Wherever he goes To be honest Even if he did leave He's just He's just a bit I don't want to say He's tight for time He's tight for like Games Do you know what I'm saying So I'm looking at it now and I think who who flipping proper smashed it. So like Aguero, so Aguero's on 180 in 265. So if I do quick maths, Harry's got to get what 31 goals in the next. I don't know, fifty, just under 50 games, which he can do on his very current, even not even just on his current run on form. That's what Harry Kane's about. He could bag 31 goals in a, just yeah. under 50 games. Like, that's very doable. That will take him to fourth. And then he'd be seven away from Andy Cole. Um, Alan Shearer did get 260, though, in the Prem alone. That is a lot. Which is wild. When you think about it, it's wild. 441 games. Like the, ratio, <sighs> the ratio is brazy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I think Kane has the best. Does Kane have the best ratio so far? I,
3: mean, yes, yeah, I think so, yeah. He
1: does, he does yeah. yeah. So Kane's ratio is 0.69 goals per game. And in the closest ratio to him, funnily enough, is Aguero 0.68 per game. Sure was 0.59, Rooney 0.42, Andy Cole 0.45. Uh, Lampoid, uh, oh, Henri was 0.68 as well. So obviously, to go back to your question, can he do it? Yes. It'll be very, very tight. You know, I think there's a there's a small part of me that feels like he'll get to 250, which would, I think that would be more frustrating. I'd rather he got to like two twenty or something, just so it's like, oh yeah, Shearer's team was just too mad. If he, I'd be, I'd be genuinely quite upset if he got close to Shearer, because then I just, I watch match of the day in time, but I know that if Kane doesn't get it in his last game, Shearer will just be sat there, you know, looking all yeah, his- smug. Yeah, exactly. I need, I, need, I need that record gone, man. I need it gone.
0: Nah,
2: he'll get it, man. I'm sure he will. The most <laughs> impressive thing for me about Shearer's record is the fact that he did it with those heavy ass fucking footballs.
0: Like them, balls,
2: them balls have changed a lot over the years, mate. So that for me is the most impressive thing. Is are probably butters, but yeah, we'll move on from that. Um, so we've we've got a few other topics to touch on. Um, I'm gonna pivot over to Ohio um for a special tribute as such. Um, so I'll let you I'll let you take over from here.
1: Okay. Um, so yeah. Couple of days ago, it was the uh, birthday of uh, one of our deceased uh, coaches, Ugo Ehiogu. Rest in peace. Now, f- with me and Ugo, e- I say me and Ugo like we were boys, obviously. But with uh, with Ugo, when he passed, it's not it's not like I didn't care. Obviously, it was very very sad. But I think I didn't quite understand. You know how like so many positive vibes were coming out from the club and so many players and so many young players, so many things to say and i thought to myself this is interesting because the guy didn't play for us do you know what i mean he wasn't necessarily a direct first team coach he was he was one of the academy coaches on 23 manager and i sort of thought how is someone who didn't play for us effectively got the reception of a club legend like i didn't i didn't quite understand it so you know, uh, we may we may have some younger listeners who who aren't too aware of what of what Ugo was on. So, you know, just backstory thing. He um, he signed for West Brom uh, when he was when he was first starting out. And you know, being being Nigerian, their his parents were saying no, it's either books or football. And apparently, they only let him sign at West Brom because West Brom were the only club that um, let him do his A levels. And he was the only player um, doing his A levels, which I think. Transfers into something I'm later going to touch on um, as as in terms of his like development for young players as under twenty three coach. Um, so yeah, he was also the first black captain of England under twenty ones. I found out the other day back in ninety three. And uh, in terms, I think he played four times for England, scored once, which means he has a better goals to game ratio than Paul Scholes and <laughs> Steven Gerrard, <laughs> <laughs> and, and equal with Brad Lampard. Uh well Frank Lampard was I think average 3.7 or something like that. But um one of the things apparently Ugo stood out for a lot because he brought he brought through likes of Tanganga and Skip and even Luke Amos when he was with us. Um they all had really, really good things to say about him. But something they said with Ugo, he never gave a handout to any player. He always gave a platform, like that's who he was as an individual you know, going back to West Brom gave him that platform of, look, you can play, but, you know, your parents obviously want you to study. So, you know, you are going to have to work hard for it. So that's that's all Ugo was was ever about. You know, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, the, um, the Man City kid who got released and unfortunately committed suicide. Forgive me, I can't remember his name. If someone wants to correct me, feel free. But there was a lot of talk about young players not necessarily having the plan B or maybe they've been, through through nobody's fault maybe they've been led to believe that you know this is it for them you know, and I think that was something that from what I was reading in a couple of articles that something Ugo prided himself on and is and it's very Nigerian of him if I'm going to be really honest with you like I think Bukayo Saka as well he's he's saying how how his parents kept him on the straight and narrow education. it's you know football you can want to be football you have to have the backup as well so you know apparently he was very on his players to. His younger players to make sure that you know anything can happen your acl can go twice in two years and that's it you know touch with it, it doesn't have to know our players but you get on going with that and you know so you know i just wanted to say that in the memory of ugo and just to segue with ugo a little bit um i think something that is not necessarily spoken about much through our club and maybe that's just because we tend to get on with it is is uh, the importance of having a black coach especially in an area like tottenham because you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely saying someone's phrase verbatim here. I will try and quote them if I, if I tweet about it later on. But in an area like Tottenham, you need, to, maybe not necessarily to start an 11, but you at least need the coaching and, you know, whoever's coaching under 13s and stuff like that, you have to be representative of the area. You know, not every single person in the academy is going to come from the ends, but there'll be a lot of men from the ends and, you know, I I obviously I played mainly rugby growing up from like 11 onwards, but when you have a coach who either looks like you or at least resonates with where you're coming from, it just hits a bit different. You know what I'm saying? They understand you a lot a lot differently. And you know, uh I know recently the Spurs coaches, they started this, uh, they had this black coach pathway going on. So I I did a bit of digging and I was I don't know if I was surprised or proud or both of the amount of black coaches you've got in the system. So just like working Backwards. so we had a couple we have a couple guys who are in that the that the 30 to 39 range that were academy products didn't make it jumped into coaching early and Tottenham brought them back to start at a lower level so we've got Anton Blackwood who is one of our global coaches he works in the um the south the south Asia region we've got Chris Riley who's one of our senior coaches we've got Sam Cox and Will Antwi who are both academy coaches and then coming up, are we one of our the current England under 17 coach? He did a similar pathway to Sam Cox, uh Justin Cochrane. He used to be a Spurs
0: coach as well. I'm shocked uh, by that, you know. But, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I'm no, just fine, yeah. um Sam Cox, I didn't realize he was a coach for Spurs because it's crazy, he was in that the same age group as like Townsend and all that, and that's
1: nuts. It's so mad. Like when I was finding his names, I was I was like not confused, but I just, I just wasn't wasn't sure what to think. Do you know what I mean? Um, in a good way, of course. Uh, they yeah, have got Troy Archibald Henville, who's a youth yeah. coach, He's also head of the under thirteens as well. And then coming in some more prominent names, obviously we have got Chris Powell. So he, you know, a lot a, a certain man who used to play for us and the enemy has 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 spoken a lot, been very verbal about black coaches getting their chance. You know, Chris Chris Powell has been. One of the guys at the forefront, you know, he's coached at South End and Huddersfield Town. And he was, um, I think it was Steve McLaren's assistant coach in um, in Holland in one team, Ar- Ardo Danag, I think the name is. And then obviously he won the League One Championship with with Charlton. He's now our head of coaching for the under 17, 2023. Um, and then obviously, last but not least, we've got the King, who was um, one of the assistant coaches. And then a couple of guys who have been through our system and doing big bits. So you've got Chris Houghton. Currently, um, not in a forest manager, and then you've got Chris Ramsey, He was technical director at QPR, and now you've also obviously got Big Les, who did some youth coaching under the Tim Sherwood reign, I believe it was, and now he's um, director of football at QPR. And I don't want it to just feel like I just listed off all these guys, but I look how great we are, sort of thing. Like I think it's one of those things. A lot of I feel like a large section of our fan base. It's not that they don't care. Maybe they just don't understand how important that's going to be because. The reality is, you could have a young black kid from the ends, and just the way the way he might be, just normally, there's certain types of banter that he might just not find funny, and certain coaches are going to think, oh, "What's his problem today?" Or he's not applying himself, or because they don't understand the demeanor, the demeanor is automatically negative to them, and it's going to reflect on how they coach them. It's going to be all oh, like, "He's not that Arsenal, trying not going to pick him." My man's going to be wondering why he's not going to get picked. It's just a it's just a bad cycle, and eventually, man gets dropped. So, you know, and, and it's not just saying, yeah, have black coaches just for these kids. It's also on, I think I read, who was it? Even John McDermott, one of our like, head scouts was saying the likes of him, they're learning from these coaches because they're thinking, OK, like how are you getting this out of the likes of Tanganga and how are you getting this out of the likes of these kind of coaches? Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I just think that's just a really, really positive thing. That we're doing as a club, and and I know I, I, I slightly mentioned Judas, but I'm, I'm going to name him by name just for this no, one.
2: Don't, don't. Uh, no,
1: Now I'm, go- I'm 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 going to have to. You know, we, we can <laughs> ask. You can bleep me out if you want. But Ledley King actually said, obviously he come generation after that guy, and he said, you know, obviously Ledley was like, you know, I believe in my ability and stuff. But he said there were a few times when he was younger, he'd look around and be like, oh, there's not a lot of guys from my area tend to make it sort of thing. And then he said he saw. He said he saw Saul Campbell in the first team
0: and he said, oh, you mentioned his name. You <laughs> <"Edit, no." laughs> <laughs> could just keep it as that
1: guy. He said he said when he saw that guy in the first team, it was just like, look at the end of the day, it did give him this extra belief that rah, like someone that looks like me is from my is from like near my area, plays the same possession position as me, one of the best players, like so can I. So I'm not saying if that guy Didn't play for us, then Ledley wouldn't have made it. But that guy playing for us was a factor in, you know, one of one of, if maybe not our best centre back ever, um, getting the chance for us. So I think it's just the sort of thing that, you know, if there's any coaches that listen to this, I I I would like to assume that there's a couple black or 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 white or Asian uh, coach that listen. Just if you have that black kid that training that you're not too sure whether he's really on it or not, but he has those days or his class just take an extra minute to understand him. Cause you, you never know, like he could just be fine or he could just sort of think, oh, no one really gets me here sort of thing. And it's just, you want him to look forward to coming to training. And if his coach just takes a minute to at least get where he's coming from, like it, it does make all the difference. So yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to do that one for Ugo. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, on, on, on your point as well, um outside of just the relatable, the relatability aspect of it, um, in terms of just the law of averages, um, it's important for us to basically look at the field of, say, Premier League players who are from a black background, whether that's of African descent or Caribbean or British Caribbean, British African. Um, It accounts for a large percentage. I mean, British, black British alone accounts for about 33% so for us to only really be able to name chris hutton as a premier league caliber in quote uh, manager from black british descent is somewhat ridiculous it's not representative of uh, our contribution to the game or the field of of players who have transitioned into coaching who get those opportunities at the top level and um, so a lot of people like I don't know how how representative this is of actual society, Um, but a lot of people feel like initiatives to transition black players to coaches and potentially give them management roles is some sort of handout. I think what it what it does is it undercuts a lot of the hard work that these guys have put into the game and a lot of their influence at the highest level of playing the game. And sort of dresses it up as, as something that isn't deserved when in fact it's the opposite. A lot of these guys might be afraid to seek those opportunities or maybe go for these opportunities and get overlooked because of unconscious bias or in some cases, conscience bias. So I think for there to be a steady uh, a steady influx of managers at the top level, clubs do have to look a bit deeper into themselves and start to look at the talent that they have available and not overlook them just because they don't feel like they fit the criteria because you'll never know until you give these guys opportunities. I'm, I'm pretty sure not many people felt like Ledley King, for example, had coach written all over him, but we're already starting to see the dynamic shift a little bit in just seeing him on, on the touchline, having those little conversations with, um, with the players, with his little notepad and all of that stuff. It's a positive thing. There will be black coaches somewhere or black aspiring coaches or even players who have been released from academies, as you touched on, who look at that and say, okay, cool, he played at the highest level. That's another job path that I could potentially go down. Uh, so every little helps um, with that type of thing. So it is definitely a positive to see. Um, on, on the flip side, obviously, we have Ryan Sessegnon, young black English player um, out on loan in the Bundesliga, um, who this week has gone through quite a traumatic time, I'd say, um, being racially abused by fans. Um, is everyone aware of that? And what, what were your thoughts about the sort of aftermath of that incident?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, when he got when he got racially abused on Instagram, it's just I feel like I feel a bit I feel a bit um, sorry for some of these footballers nowadays because like it's so frequent that you just expect in some cases that like they chalk it up to life being life and you um, receive him to receive racial abuse, but on the flip side. It shouldn't really be like that. Like he's what 20-year-old football, 20-year-old footballer, and he's going into his DMs and he's seeing someone calling him all sorts just because of the colour of his skin. It's not right. It's not right at all. And I was happy to see the Hoffenheim players um show their support um in the Europa League fixture yesterday as well. But yeah. for me, I I don't want us to get into a whole discussion about racism in, in football, but for me. I have such a pessimistic view to, to to racism. I'm one of these people who think that I, I'm happy to see all the strides that are being made to try and eradicate it. But such is the evilness in this world that I, I genuinely believe there won't be a point in history where where we can eradicate racial abuse. I don't know the solution for it, but I just feel like it's it, it's getting to a point now where a professional footballer like genuinely. Can't check his DMs now. It's crazy. Can you imagine not being able to check your Instagram DMs, knowing that, like, someone's calling you a fucking whatever in there? It's it's not right. It's not right at all.
3: No, it's definitely not right. And, like, what I also kind of get annoyed about is the powers that be and the governing bodies, they just pay us lip service, man. They, They continue to pay us lip service with regards to what they're doing or how they're punishing people or how they're even protecting people because obviously this, this kind of stuff can happen to anyone but I also feel like if you put measures in place to protect players to protect, to protect people from, from this sort of thing happening and you use people as examples and you set the right punishments as examples people will slowly and slowly and slowly get the message I do believe you're right in the sense that this sort of thing probably will never ever stop but I feel like they there are things that can probably be done to deter people from doing this stuff and whilst things are currently being done I feel like the decision making and the punishments that have been handed out previously there's just too much of a disparity you know you can do one thing and then you compare it to another thing and the difference between the two even though the the, the things that might be said might be very similar. The difference between how one's punished or how a nation is punished sometimes comes across different. Um, I feel bad for Sess because obviously he's gone over there trying to get his, you know, not his career back on track, but he's trying to get, you know, football and trying to get in routine and this sort of thing, like for a 20-year-old kid who's probably over there on his own, um, it's crazy to think that, that he's having to put himself in this position people are having to support him like this so early in, to his like, move over to Germany as well. So you know, I'm. I, it upsets me, man. Like to be honest with you, no one ever, no one ever ever wants to see that. Be it a footballer, be a it, be it your little brother, be it your friend. But I just feel like there's so much that we, as a group, have always been mentioning in terms of like people who follow football, football Twitter. But we can see it. But why is it that the powers that be seem to not really understand that? there's like a seriousness to this that they don't seem to be taken. Um, It it confuses me a little bit because like, this is probably going off a little bit, but like you look at some nations where a lot of the players are predominantly black and you'd think to yourself, if you're representing the country or representing a team, the, the minimum they're going to be doing is trying to protect you at the minimum because you are the players that are representing that team or that country. But clearly that is the case. Um, and we're having things like this happen all the time, you know, be it with people like Sterling, be it with like Pogba. Um, there's like a systemic change that needs to happen. But I mean, this is a way bigger, this is a way bigger like topic. Right?
1: I think just to, just to round off on that one, I think we can just be happy that Cessinho has teammates that will, you know, raise a fist for him and not certain Italian centre-backs that will say the, the blame is, is 50-50. You no know, you know obviously
2: yeah, for sure um so to round up uh the pod this week, uh, obviously this weekend on Sunday, we have another game on box office, which um, I won't be paying for um we face West Brom uh, so we're away from home this week
0: yeah
2: how do you guys see us lining up? And what are your score predictions for the game?
1: I think that well, I've seen Lamella is training in a in a boot, so I think I genuinely think they're going to keep him on ice so he can press the hell out of uh, Ruben Diaz. And man, <laughs> I
0: genuinely think that's what's happening here. You know what? I did not see him start
2: against tea, I'm telling you, <laughs> I better not see. Do you, know, oh,
1: like, you know? You know. How, you know Jose is the chess master, and like the way he's been moving with the gram it wouldn't surprise me if he sat there and said, "Oh, you know what? We're gonna leak some pictures of Lamella in a boot." <laughs> <laughs> no, if, yeah, I swear. If, if if I see Lamella on that pitch next
0: next week, I swear I'm gonna lose yeah, it. I'm promise you. And what's that? What's that? A drop thing. I'm gonna lose. I'm <laughs> gonna lose it. Gonna lose. <laughs> I swear.
3: If, this, I is swear some, to if this is some long play, I swear I'm gonna I'm Gonna be what, so
1: mad next week. What I wasn't getting is this guy is in a protective boot. Yeah. Why are you on a what bike as well? Do you know what I mean? Like I get the walk back is that half arms and half legs, or you can alternate the percentage and stuff. But I was like, there is something very, very coded about what's going on here. But you know, back to centre. Um, I think, I think Rodon could get a start here just because like the mm. run of games, is kind of peak. Like so, for anyone you know listening that hasn't um checked it as of recent, if I just pull up our fixtures flipping up until Christmas, if I'm going to keep it real, and I'll just say the prem ones. So we've World. got West Brom uh, this Sunday and then we've got international break. Um, there was a little bit of chat about Ndombele not getting picked for France. On one hand, he he deserves to get picked. On the other hand... I'm,
0: it, it, I'm it, yeah, let's, let's, keep uh, I, let's keep him on, on, on ice still. Let's keep him on ice still.
1: So we've got City at home, um, Europa at home, Chelsea away, Europa away, Arsenal at home, Europa at home, Palace away, Liverpool away, Leicester at home, quarter-final of the EFL Cup away, Wolves away, Fulham at home Christmas. So I feel like... <laughs> no, it's mad. It? I feel like Wild. Rodon is going to get a start this weekend. I genuinely think he will. He's not going to start against City. He can't play him, he regrets. I don't think he'll start against Chelsea. He can't play against Lask. I don't think he'll get a start at Arsenal. So I think Rodon's probably going to get a start this weekend uh potentially um I think I think Bergwine could get a start. I'm not sure I don't the reason I'm not sure Bale will start. I would like to see Bale start obviously I think Bergwine's gonna get a start only because Jose is definitely we see what he did to Southgate with Harry Kane's minutes and Harry Kane ended up wearing number 20 in that second game. He's been doing his his usual media shit well because Wales have got that Arsenal coach and he say he doesn't trust him and all that stuff. So I'm not sure how much Bale is going to play in the break. Um, Score-wise, score it's a way. These are the games we absolutely have to be winning because, you know, the, the fixtures are just ruled off. Like, that's going to be where we show what we're really, really made of. And, you know, it was it was said on on the main pod, I think it was potentially by Mariah, not necessarily about us, but just about everyone, you know, because of the way game is just coming thick and fast and there's European games essentially every single week, it's normally almost a given whoever's top at Christmas is going to win it. But if you are literally at least in a good run of form leading up to Christmas, then you definitely have set the stall out for when everyone gets a bit more of a break. So, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful of a win just because these are the games we have to win. Um, West Brom aren't fantastic, but Tottenham are Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? But I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to go with 2-0. I'm going to say 2-0 away. We haven't kept that many clean sheets. We need two three clean sheets, but I want to go... I'm going to go 2-0.
0: I think... I think for me, this is the worst team in the league when it comes to defending. I look at their back line. I think they got a a 57-year-old Kieran Gibbs at left back. They got... (laughs) um, They got some slow-as-hell centre-backs. I just... They've conceded like 16 goals this season. They've got the worst defence in the league. They've not won a single game this season. Um, <clears throat> they're just not good. They're not a good side. And like we said, this is our sort of respite. Like we've had a relatively decent set of fixtures to start the season with. Um, we fumbled the bag in some of the home fixtures. We can't fumble the bag against West Brom away. With that, with that hellacious fixture list coming up, we can't fumble the bag. Reggie's back in training, so he's going to be available. I'm hoping he starts. I wouldn't mind Rodon starting on Sunday, but it's up to the manager. But whoever starts, we need to be wary of um, of Colin Grant. I like him. I really like him as a striker. And I think even when we batted Huddersfield 4-0 that game at home a couple of years back, he really gave our defence some problems. And I think... Him, Pereira and Ingana, they got the trickery to give us something to think about in that match. But we have to win that game. Um, I'd like to see more goals shared across the team. I know Harry Kane and Sonny are in the form of their life, but Gareth Bell did what we wanted him to do last week against Brighton. I'm hoping he can do the same again against West Brom. And I want some other places to start chipping in. If LaCelso starts, I'd like to see you try and get a goal in the Premier League. Do you get what I'm saying? I, I want to see our goals diversified through the team. So, above all, I want three points, but I just want us to lay our market down. I'm not thinking about the table. I'm not thinking about where we're going to go. I just want the three points. That's what I want.
3: Yeah, man. Uh, this weekend's just I just want it to be clean cut, man. I don't want any silly injuries, no silly mistakes. I just want us to, to head to West Brom, lay them, and take our points home, man. Because at this point, we've the international break coming up and the games that we've got ahead it's just about getting the points on the board. I feel like this is a game that I feel like we, we will be able to express ourselves I feel I feel like this season away from home we've actually been very impressive and actually something about playing away from home has allowed us to somewhat play a bit more freely uh, with a bit more attacking sort of verve I feel like we do need to spread the goals around but People like Son and Kane, you know, this season so far is basically a stat pad session for them. So if they need to get some more goals to get them before the end, before the end of the international break, you know, I'm all for it. I would love to see. I would love to see Bell start purely just because if we turn up to West Brom and they know that they're going to be playing a Champions League winner, multiple Champions League winner, a red hot, a red hot Harry Kane, an informed Son, you know, that's enough to be able to lay the marker up before the game is even started. So that would be a reason that I would start him. But again, I would understand if he doesn't. Um, I would like to see Rodon because I've not seen much of him. Um, and I really want our fullbacks to have a go. Like every week, you know, you watch teams like Liverpool and Robbo and Trent have the ability to affect the games in so many different ways. And I feel like if we use our fullbacks in the right way, you know, get ready on the ball, if it's Oreo Doherty, get them man on the ball in the sort of advanced areas to allow a bit more of our attacking players and midfielders, you know, to flood the box. That would be a reason that I would see against a team like, you know, I watched West Brom last, is it last Monday against Fulham and, and they were really poor. I mean, I, you know, they've got some good players, but I like Pereira, I like Dean Gango a lot, but I just thought like against a team that's very similar to them, they were just, they were so very better. poor. Yeah. You know, so I, I hopefully we can get a win. I'm happy to take 2-0. Um, I'm always putting Sun and Kane on the score sheet.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, Amira, what you guys say, this is, this is one of those games where you have to turn up and you have to win. Um, they are piss poor, man. Like, yeah. they're, they're shocking. Three draws, four losses, minus 10 goal difference. Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't turn up and just think, all right, lads, it's West Brom. Um, I do think Lucas is going to end up starting, um, just based on how midweek midweek played out. Um, obviously, Sun ended up coming on at about 60 minutes. Bell came off at about 67 or something like that. Um, so there is that sort of rotation, but having having Bell play more than 90 minutes over over two games in in a week seems a bit. Of a stretch for me, so he'll probably be a late substitution again if we're chasing the game. Is um, it interesting one with Rodon? Um, I would like to see him get a game, but with us having played uh, Dyer and Alderweireld at the back two games consecutively, I'm virgin on Sanchez being popped back in with uh, Eric Dyer um, with a view to put Alderweireld on ice a little bit um hopefully Rodon does get a cameo though I would like to see him but I'm not confident that Dyer who for me is our best centre-back and someone of Rodon's stature I, I think it's a long shot seeing them on the same pitch together to be perfectly honest um but yeah I, I, I think my, my my head says two nil my heart says we smash them by like four goals to be perfectly honest, like they are like fucking shit. Like,
0: they're,
2: they're they are rubbish. They're, they're rubbish, man. They're rubbish, man.
0: They got they got they got Branislav Ivanovic playing at centre back at like That's sixty-one bad. years old. It's ridiculous. Like no. in midfield, forget about the attackers. They're midfield: Kravinovic, Livermore, and who's the other one? Sutton Henderson or something like.
3: That. Oh, oh, we should run them, man. We should we should run them, man.
0: Oh. Come on, man if we if if we can't beat West Brom, then I'm taking out my belt and I'm driving to <laughs> in fact fuck, fuck the driving i'm cycling i'm cycling to to spurt to um hospital i'm lashing I'm lashing some asses man there's, there's, no, there's no way on earth we can go there and not get three points I'm sorry it's unacceptable if it happens it won't it happen is, it is.
2: Yeah, I mean I mean if 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 we lose then our podcast next week is gonna be fire. Oh God. Fire and brimstone, oh. mate. So something to look forward to if if uh, the quote unquote spursy seeps in this week. Um <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, that's 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 everything for this week. Uh pleasure as always, lads. Unless you guys have something else to add. I'm all good, man.
3: Oh uh, well good, man. Good.
2: A bit longer than usual. I can see we've run run a bit longer in terms of time. So bear with us, people. If you're if you've gotten this far, uh, we thank you, and we hope to speak to you soon and hear from you on the timeline. So, peace and much love, guys. Take care. Peace, boys. Um. There's more to working from home than emails, so you need Wi-Fi with reliable speed, the most in-home coverage, and built-in security. You need Xfinity XFi. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Sports Social Podcast Network.